Hello, and welcome to Unabridged, the weekly podcast where teachers take on books. This is Sarah. Join us for bookish episodes and a monthly book club pick. This is Ashley. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Unabridged Pod, or go to our website, unabridgedpod.com, where the books we read are linked for purchase. This is Jen. Check out our Teachers Pay Teachers store, our Patreon page, and our newsletter. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts to support us. You want opinions about books? We've got them. Hello, everyone. This is episode 188. This episode is an encore presentation of our episode 125 from last summer, Thrillers You Can't Put Down. We are so excited to give you this episode again and hopefully add some great thrillers to your summer reading. We think thrillers are a great beach read and a great summer read. They're usually really plot driven. So we hope that you enjoy this encore episode. And as always, hit us up on social media and let us know what you think and what some of your favorite thrillers are. Before we get into our thriller conversation, let's do our bookish check-in. Jen, you want to start us off? Sure. I am reading Casey Sepp's Furious Hours, Murder, Fraud, and the Last Trial of Harper Lee, which is nonfiction. It is really compelling. I have to say I picked it up because of the Harper Lee angle, and I'm about... I would say two thirds of the way through. And she has just sort of made, she was on the very first page and then it was like, she was not a part of the book. So that was interesting, but Sepp's research is great. There's tons of backstory. There's this really salacious murder trial of this man who people in the community think murdered a bunch of people. And at his funeral, this person just shot him at close range. And that is the person who's on trial. So it's, it's pretty fascinating. And yeah, so I'm really enjoying that. I actually have a little story about the author. So my mom, I, my mom knows how much I love to kill a mockingbird. So for my birthday last year, she bought me the book furious hours. And last year was my 40th birthday. And my mom accidentally allegedly bought me the large print version of this book. (laughs) And so I posted on Instagram about like my mom and her alleged mistake, even though it was my 40th birthday. And the author contacted me and sent me a signed copy of the book. So I just wanted to shout her out because I thought that was so awesome. That's really sweet. That's awesome. Uh Ashley, what are you reading? Hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So I am working on finishing a lot of the books that I have been reading and I've started a ton. I This is well documented that I've started a ton of different books and am struggling to get through them. I'm, I'm enjoying them. I really, there's really not much that I'm reading right now that I'm not enjoying, but anyway, I didn't want to keep adding to that pile. I'm working on unpacking all of that instead of piling on <laughs> But one book that I have been really wanting to make time for is the illustrated version of Harry Potter. So I have all all of the ones that have come out so far. That's something that my family members get for me for holidays. And so I have those and I've only read the first one. I finally made some time for that a couple of months ago. And 
I now I'm going to do the second one. So this is Jim Kay's illustrated edition of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. And I've only read a couple of chapters, but I absolutely love that experience. It's just really remarkable. Of course, these are stories I know really well. I've read the books themselves multiple times, and I also have watched the movies a bunch. And because that is 100% my comfort realm. And so I think what's so interesting to me is the illustrations are stunning, but also that they're so unique to the story. And I think that would be really tough to reimagine a story that's been so you've seen, you know, I mean, I, I don't know Jim Kay's history here, so maybe he hasn't seen the movies, but I think, you know, we have all been affected by seeing the way that the characters look and the way that all of the places look and stuff like that. And he just has, it's clear that he has created this entire fantasy world in his mind that he's putting on the page. And so, I mean, that's been really fun. So that's what I'm reading. Oh, that's awesome. I would like to read those as well. You are welcome to borrow them when I oh, see you again. Well, my son has them, but we, but they're just so hard to lug around. They yeah, are hard to lug around. I will say that that is, that actually is probably why I haven't made more time for them is it's not just, it's kind of like reading the newspaper. It's not just the like carrying it around. It's also the management of the book. Like they are, <laughs> they are big <laughs> and the pages are big. And I think that, that <laughs> I can, I can hear how ridiculous this sounds. No, I know, but I'm with you. I'm with you. Totally. It's, like, it's like reading an encyclopedia or something. Like I have to like clear some space. Right. <laughs> and Here's what I'm picturing. In the reading experience. So my husband and I have finally started watching Schitt's Creek, which Ashley has recommended many times. And what I'm picturing is the the family, every time, the main family in the show, every time they go to a restaurant, there's a cafe in town. It has these tiny little tables and the menus are longer than the table. So they're all four <laughs> seated at this tiny table, like folding out their menus over each other. And that's what I'm picturing Ashley doing as she's reading these illustrated editions. <laughs> it really, it really is a struggle. <laughs> it's ridiculous to admit it out loud, but I do <laughs> that that is why I, like, I was so excited to get them. But first of all, I think that we've talked about this before with graphic novels that I don't read pictures very well. That's not something that I'm trained to do. I definitely read the words on the page. And in this, like, I do want to enjoy the picture experience. That is the point is the beautiful illustrations. And so it's not as fast as you would think for something that uh -huh. I have read that much. And then also they're, they're big books. And that's part of what makes them so beautiful. I mean, that's when you think about kids' picture books, you know, they are very tall and they have very wide pages and that is very effective for the illustrations, but for sure it alters the reading experience when you're used to a certain kind of book. So yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> that went in a weird pathway, but anyway, <laughs> that's, that's the truth. <laughs> Sarah, what about you? What are you reading? So I am reading Brandy Ferner's Adult Conversation. We are going to be interviewing Brandy later this month, and I am really excited to have started this. It really grabbed me from the first page, and it is hilarious, oh. and it, it speaks to being a mother and a wife and how women often have to sacrifice things about themselves to be one or both of those things, and I, I'm just really enjoying it. I know Jen read it also in anticipation of our interview and Ashley's getting ready to start it. So I'm really excited to read it. And then I'm also excited to talk to Brandy just about parenting and 
be uh, in how we interact with our partners and all of that. So I'm really excited. So I can't. I'm wait a little. I, I'm a little, you know, giddy because I'm a little bit out of my reading slump that I've been uh-huh. commiserating about. I read Beach Read by Emily Henry, Woo-hoo! which is just a shameless plug, but I loved it. I mean, it is one of my. I mean, I don't know. The, it is definitely my my favorite read of the year. But I I just adored it. So. I cannot wait to read that one. And I'm I'm with you, Sarah. I feel like Mm -hmm. I am digging out a little bit. (laughs) And it's a good feeling. It's really nice to feel like I'm making some progress. For sure, April has been better than March was for me. There was just so much of an adjustment period as we transitioned to being at home. And things have gotten better. So yeah, that's a good feeling to to feel like you're digging yourself out. And I have Beach Read is next up on my Kindle and I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I co-signed that one. That is, yeah, that's a 2 a.m. book. I know Sarah, you said you stayed up late to finish it. That was one I could not put down. I just, I went to bed. One night I went to bed, my husband was still up and I went to bed at like, I don't know, maybe 10. And he came in at one and he's he's like, you're still awake. And I just can't stop reading. I just wanted to finish, but I just, I couldn't stay awake any longer. But I mean, it was great. So it's been a long time since I've had that experience of wanting to stay up and like finish Mm -hmm. a book Mm -hmm. and not, not that it was super plot driven, but just so that I cared about these characters so much you know, because I've done that for thrillers, but mostly because I just want to get to the end. But this one I was savoring, but also I just love the characters and I didn't want to leave them. So anyway, again, we're, I guess this must be the episode of digression. I know. But I just had to, I just had to say that I've been a little bit like Eeyore with our bookish check-ins like, mm, and I feel like, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm coming out of something. So I just needed to share with our listeners. I wish you all could have seen Sarah's your impression right there. It was very good. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really excited. It, it is like, I, I think that there are some books that have been coming. I can't wait to list. I have the happy ever after playlist mm, on too. to listen to on Libra FM. And I can't wait to, to listen to that. And I'm excited about adult conversation. I'm excited about beach read and you're right, Sarah, mm-hmm. it's a great feeling to be excited about some books that are coming out or that are on our slate for reading and mm-hmm. just, to just recognize that there is a difference between where I was and where I am. And that's a good feeling because these days I think it's hard to mark progress. And so, Mm -hmm. so, you know, it feels good to, to be excited about that. Yes. And, and listeners, we are doing uh, a newsletter every Sunday that we're sending out. If you want to subscribe, you can on Instagram or on our website at www.unabridgedpod.com. But we are also sharing these triumphs and we are curating lists of things that we're loving. So if you are in a slump, maybe if you check out the newsletter or subscribe, you'll get something that might help you Get out of that slump. Make sure you're checking your email if you're subscribed. And also make sure if you haven't subscribed, it's completely free. Just go to our website or Instagram in our bio and subscribe. Okay. I don't know how to segue out of like this romance talk and like this thing about <laughs> reading something to switch to thrillers. But I guess it does. It does go with finding things that you just can't put down and you just want to get through. And it does speak to those reading slumps. Mm-hmm. So we are going to discuss some thrillers that we really enjoyed that, that we couldn't put down and hopefully give some insight onto something that might help you get out of a reading slump if you're in one. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So does anybody, Jen, do you want to talk about yours and just kind of speak to what thriller, I don't want to say what thrillers mean to you, but what, what thrillers <laughs> help you with in your reading life? Sure. Uh, so I, I would say generally I like thrillers, but I would also say recently I have had a hard time with them. I have read several that just have not done it for me. And so I've been thinking about what makes them work or what doesn't. The one I'm going to recommend, I listened to on audio and the narrator was amazing. And so I I kind of wonder if that's the place for me to experience thrillers now. I think that does a couple of things. I've talked before about how I don't listen to books as well as I read books with my eyes. And I think that actually works in my favor with thrillers because I am less likely to predict what is going to happen. I am not typically great at predicting the ends of books, but with the last few thrillers I've read, like I could map out everything that was going to happen, or maybe like there are five twists and I predicted four of the five. And that is just really frustrating to me, especially since I don't feel like I'm great at it. That just means maybe, well, maybe I'm getting better. That would be the optimistic view. (laughs) The pessimistic (laughs) view is that they just weren't that great. And so, yeah, I think maybe audio makes me a bad enough reader. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this sounds really bizarre, <laughs> that I'm not going to predict everything. Anyway, so the, the particular thriller I'm recommending is Ruth Ware's The Turn of the Key. And I have told, I think I told this story on the podcast. I know I've told Ashley and Sarah, but I was listening to this one. I could not stop listening. Like usually during the week, I listen to my podcasts. And then when I'm caught up, I listen to audiobooks on the weekends or, you know, when I'm on my commute for our job, which is not happening now. But this one, I could not stop. And so I was in the shower one morning and I was listening to this audiobook. And there is this, there's potential that the house may be haunted that is in the story. And the narrator was describing this sound over the protagonist's head and this creaking. And I was shampooing my hair. So this is getting really specific. Anyway, I was shampooing my hair. So my eyes were closed and she narrated this thing that happened. And I mean, I jumped. It was, it was so scary. And so I think just if you can find a, a thriller with a really good narrator the, you know, the plot should move. So that's going to keep your attention. That for me has just been the trick recently. So yeah, just to give a little bit of plot summary, this one is about a woman named Rowan Kane who is looking for a job and she ends up being a nanny for this family who lives in this incredibly tech advanced home that is built on a previous home in the Scottish Highlands. And There are some things she does not want the family to know about herself, but she also discovers that there are some things that they have not told her about the job and about previous nannies. And so there's all of this, like, you don't know who's telling the truth. You don't know who's telling the whole truth. There's a frame where she is in prison. This, this happens at the very beginning of the book. She is in prison writing a letter about her experience while she was being a nanny. I'm a sucker for a frame story. So there's just a lot that's going on. That's really good. Have, Have either of you read that one? I haven't. I've only read one Ruth Ware. I read uh, the the woman in cabin 10. Okay. Oh, I didn't realize that was hers. Yeah. I haven't read any of her stuff and I haven't read that one, but it sounds, but it sounds great. So yeah. I mean, I, and I, I think a lot of what you said, Jen, it makes a lot of sense that 
it is moving really quickly and also that the story is really compelling. And I, I'm a sucker for a frame too. I mean, I always mm-hmm. like that when you're getting back, you're always working back toward the situation that they're currently in. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Well, and I will also say Ruth Ware has gotten better for me. I was not as big a fan of her earlier works as I am. I think this is her most recent or next to most recent as I am of her later ones. So I think she has gotten stronger too. Um, Of course I did. This is the first one I had done of hers in audio. So if, if my theory is right and that is the key, that may be the difference, but I really liked this one. I wanted to make a joke about the key, you know, but anyway. <laughs> I think you just did. <laughs> Thanks for the average stand up. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually come up with one. So then I was like trying to work it out in my mind. But, you know. So no stand up comedy in our future. <laughs> I don't think so. Ashley, what, what about a thriller that, what's a thriller that worked for you? I'm still trying to recover here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> So I, this also has been well-documented that I am not a fan of thrillers and I keep wanting, I want them to work and they just don't for me. And I think that there are a lot of reasons for that. For one thing, like you were saying, Sarah, about beach read and how you just couldn't put it down. Like that's what I want with thrillers, but I think that often I don't have that experience. And so if that's what I'm, if that is why I pick it up and then I'm not compelled Mm -hmm. to keep reading, then I think that a lot of times that's why I feel disappointed. And then exactly what Jen said, it's pretty tough for me to read something that I don't predict what's going to happen. And, and part of that is because it's not that I'm like great at it. It's that I devote way too much energy to thinking about that. And then I wind up not enjoying the story as much because I'm constantly trying to figure out what the real situation is. And that sometimes takes some of the joy away from the reading experience. So of course I try not to do that, but sometimes mm-hmm. you can't really turn off that. <laughs> if only just change your personality, please. <laughs> exactly. I was like, if only I could just flip the switch and say, I'm not going to think about that anymore. And then focus on the story. I think I would enjoy them more. But the one that I wanted to talk about, I also listened to on audio. So Jen, I think you may be onto something there because I, yeah, I would be interested to try another one on audio and see if maybe that is the key for me as well. Of just like keeping, because I think I was much more immersed in the story. I was Mm -hmm. not as busy trying to figure out what happened or what the reality was, you know, and I think part, partly this one wasn't a, a twisty one either in a lot of ways, like, you know, you know what's going on. And so that makes a difference too. Maybe I just need to stay away from the ones that mm-hmm. focus on that particular plot device and instead do ones that are just interesting stories. Anyway, I wanted to talk about Oyinkan Braithwaite's My Sister, the Serial Killer, that is the one that I listened to on audio. This one, I, Jen, I think you recommended this to me. Does that mm-hmm. seem right? Yeah. So I I loved it. I, it's about two sisters, Corday and Ayula. And Ayula has a lot of problems. And one <laughs> of them is that she keeps winding up in this situation with men where she is in self-defense, suddenly in a situation where the man must die for her safety. And there, and there's some suspicion right away about whether this is what's really happening. But Coraday, her sister, keeps coming. She keeps being called to the rescue, essentially, to help bail Ayula out of the situation and to do the cleaning and the cover up and all of that stuff. And I think what I loved about it is that while you are certainly incredulous about Ayula's reasons for committing murder, 
you feel a lot, the reader feels a lot of connection to Corday's struggle mm-hmm. about what the right thing is to do. And I think like that is what was fascinating to me about that book was just that it was about loyalty and sisterhood and how far do those those ties go and how far are you willing to go in order to protect the people that you love, even if mm-hmm. the things that they're doing are potentially wrong. And so I just thought all of that was really fascinating. So for sure, for me, what was so rich about that story was the relationship between Corday and Ayula mm-hmm. and how that evolves. But there is a man and Corday has some feelings for the man. And so all of that stuff is really interesting as well, because, you know, what, how did those dynamics play out when you have your emotions tied to someone, but then your loyalty is tied to your family member. And like, what does all that mean? I mean, all of that was just fascinating for me. But yeah, I do wonder about the, and it was very fast moving and it was very short. And so Mm -hmm. I felt like that was part of it too, is it packed a really powerful punch, but it was told really well. And it was a tight, well-knit story that I felt like left you with a lot of questions and a lot of things to think about. And I just loved all of that about it. Whereas I feel like sometimes, like I said, with the thrillers, I want them to move really fast and I want them to be tightly woven. And a lot Mm -hmm. of times, I think even if there are things I'm interested in it, it's not tight enough for me. Like that was what I loved about that one. Really tight, really great characters, totally fascinating and all that worked for me. So yeah, yeah, I would highly recommend that one. I have that one on my shelf right now. I want to read it. It's great, Sarah. I think you would like it. And I think too, I so often think about thrillers mainly as plot driven stories. But I do think like in the turn of the key, the protagonist's personality and the development of her character was a huge part of it. And this one, those characters. So maybe that's part of it too, is that I'm looking for the wrong thing. I'm looking for things that people say have a great plot that moves really fast. And of course I want that, but in order for that to happen, I have to care enough about the characters to want to move forward. And again, just analyzing some of the ones that haven't worked for me recently, I did not find the characters believable. I think if you hate all of them, for me, I mean, we talked about that with the bookish turnoffs recently, mm-hmm. but like, that's really a problem for me. It's really hard if I hate all the characters or if I feel like I can't connect to any of them, that's really tough. Whereas like with my sister, the serial killer, I think Braithwaite does a great job of connecting you to Corday, to the, mm-hmm. to the sister who is helping and trying to figure out what to do. And I think because of that, and because I could really empathize with her struggle, I was much more invested in the story. Mm-hmm. What about awesome. you, Sarah? It's funny when, listening to you all talk. I, the first book that I had listed was actually one I listened to as well, but then uh-huh. I changed it at the last second. So, so, um, the one that I had listened to that I was going to going to talk about was Claire McIntosh's I see you. And I do think that listening to it, first of all, the narrator brings a lot to the table, especially Mm -hmm. in a a novel like that, that was multi-perspective. So I do want to just say, say that I think that, that you could have something because when we read, I think, especially all of us who are, readers and like you said like you said earlier Ashley pay more attention to the written word than a picture or something like that Mm -hmm. I think I think listening allows us to not scrutinize things as much and so I just thought I just think that revelation that we had during the episode I think that's worth mentioning that mine Mm -hmm. was also going to be an audiobook that is funny but the one I actually landed on is T.M. Logan and it's his book Lies 
I read this probably a year or two ago. I won it in a Goodreads giveaway. And when I got it, I just was like, I'm just going to read it right now. So I just started it and it grabbed me from the beginning. And it is a story about a man who is happily married. He has a son and for all that, everything that he knows, things are going great. And he is one day driving his son to school and he sees his wife with one of one of their friends having an altercation and and from there things just kind of spiral but what i loved about this is i thought that it was well paced you really were like rooting for the main character so he gave you someone to root for because i find in thrillers often there you're not there's really not always someone to root for, but in this one, I was really rooting for the main character. And I just thought that it had, it was a psychological thriller, which I enjoy. And it had twists and turns, but nothing that was totally like jumping the shark. What I find, find these days is that is what takes me out of a thriller quicker than anything is when I, everything just seems so preposterous or if there's like twist after twist after twist and you're just, you just, it just takes me out so easily. Mm -hmm. So that's what I liked about this. It was well-paced. It didn't jump the shark, but it still had kind of like that heart pounding, you know, I just wanted to know what was happening mm -hmm. and I was able to root for the main character. So I like that. I think it would make a great movie actually, because it's just, I mean, you know, with a lot, how lots of thrillers are, I mean, there's just a lot of plot, 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 mm -hmm. but it didn't seem far-fetched at all, which makes that, that makes the thriller for me these days. I think ever since the kind of twisty thing has happened, then I'm always waiting for that mm -hmm. and I don't like it. So I, yeah. I felt like it was well-paced. It was more, there, there were twists and turns like a thriller should have, but it wasn't anything too nutty or crazy. So mm -hmm. that sounds so good. And I love that it just starts with a good solid premise, mm -hmm. but it, the premise isn't like you said, just based on twists and turns that it's the situation. I think that's compelling. And you're, and I, like I said, I really like that rooting for the main character. Mm -hmm. I, I will say I gave it to my mom to read and she felt the same way. So, and she doesn't read a ton of thrillers, but I just was like, this was really solid, you know, just a solidly good book. And so she really liked it too. So cool. it has her stamp of approval as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds great. And it, I do think it's helpful to, to start identifying the things that work. And I mean, there's so many thrillers out there that, it's helpful to identify the things that work and don't for you in a thriller because that, yeah, I think, I mean, like you said, Jen, about if you're looking for the twisty plots, but that's actually not the thing that you love, then, you know, is there a way to find ones that are better fits for mm -hmm. us so that we have some success with them? And for sure, for me, I mean, I would like to read more of them because among other things, they move fast. Right. So, you know, I'd like to, and, and you want to know what's going to happen. So it's easy to keep picking them up. So, you know, mm -hmm. I think in that sense, too, that's helpful. So I would be interested, based on what we've said we like, if listeners have recommendations that you think would match sort of yeah. those preferences, like things that are good on audio or things that are more character driven or just that have a really solid premise. I would love some recommendations because I do love reading them when I like them. It's just hard when you keep picking them up and then you have several in a row that are disappointing. It's hard to feel like you can keep going with it. Yeah, yeah and I, same. I would really benefit from recommendations in this department because I just so far, you know, I haven't had much luck. I mean, the most of the ones that I've tried, I have not enjoyed. So I think and I think thrillers for me often get in the samey type mm -hmm. situation. Yeah. It's like 
and I think it comes from the success, some of the big successes of some of those thrillers that have been huge, hugely successful. Because I, I remember even after Gone Girl, which was kind mm. of like a breakthrough book and then the girl on the train yeah and that was kind of like samey and then i think that you know it's kind of it's just like a, a tv show if something's popular then they make like 20 different versions of kind of the same thing and i i feel like that with thrillers so it's hard for me to find ones because i think if you like the genre Mm-hmm. People who like the genre and like those fast paced books, they are much more forgiving, which we might, the genres we like, we're more forgiving yeah, for yeah. those that we love. So I think it's, it's hard to, if you are struggle with a genre, it's hard to find something. So those benefits of recommendations really come in mm-hmm. to play. So yeah, yeah, if you all, if you guys have any recommendations for us, please let us know. We would love to try them out. All right, we're at that moment in the episode where we are going to give me one. And the give me one for today are is, is slash are, <laughs> thing or things that make us happy in May or things that make us happy in spring. Ashley, what is something that is making you happy? So this spring, I have really loved all the flowers. This this spring particularly, I feel like I have been a lot more aware of them. It's been so interesting to watch our lives kind of slow down and then to experience nature, I think, in a much more intimate way than I normally do because I'm much more aware. We're out in it a lot more, for one thing, my family is. And also, I just have the time to notice all of the ways that the trees and the bushes and all the flowers have changed from day to day. And so I've I've really enjoyed that. I've really enjoyed experiencing spring. And for sure, my favorite thing always for spring, as far as flowering goes, is the cherry blossoms. My partner and I lived in Japan a long time ago, and that is a huge, huge cultural celebration there. And so ever since then, I just feel like I've been really aware of cherry blossom trees and just the joy of that season. So that's already passed in April, but it was really fun to watch those trees and to get to experience that a lot more closely. And also we are planting wildflowers seeds this year. So I'm excited for that. My daughter, we are not great at any of the stuff the um like landscaping kinds of stuff we're not great at that and we've had gardens before but like flower gardens we haven't ever really done but anyway i mean my daughter desperately wanted to do something so i'll be excited to see how those go jen what what is your give me one so mine is also flower related so may is the month when i plant my flowers so i i don't know that i would say i love the process of planting because it's a lot of work and i'm kind of lazy about things like that but i love it when it's done i love that whole process like one of my sons really likes to help me with it and i think just when everything's planted and everything's weeded and the mulch is out and yeah it's just something that i enjoy all summer usually fall i'm really tired of watering things because i do have to water the pots pretty (laughs) consistently and again lazy but it's something that i really look forward to having done and so my mom always says you should wait till after mother's day so We'll see. I don't know what's going to happen now that we're in quarantine, if greenhouses are going to be open. I haven't researched that yet, but I am hopeful that that is something that will make me happy soon. That's awesome. That's what Jen is amazing with those things. I always admire her potted plants and the way the landscaping looks outside. It's all really great. And I always think, oh, I should do that too. And then, like she said, it's a lot of work. And... (laughs) 
It's pretty time intensive and another year goes by and I just don't do it. So <laughs> we do have some things out in our yard, but all of them are badly tended. Either they were already <laughs> either they were already there when we moved here, thank goodness for the people before us, or our my husband's parents are really great about helping us in each location that we have lived, which we've moved a lot. They've helped us kind of get a foundation. I'm sure their intent was to help us get it set up. And then every year we would really take care of it and do these great things. That doesn't happen. But they still, they still have some pretty things from when we first got here. So, <laughs> Well, and I will say the wildflowers will be perfect because those are they, they are wild. They're supposed to grow on their own. And we used to do that growing up. We had a big yard and we would do that every year. And they're really pretty and cheerful. And yeah, I think you'll love oh, that. Yay. Yay. I hope it, if it is a success, then maybe that will be the doorway for me into this arena. We'll see. Sarah, what's yours? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm sure my parents are terribly disappointed in me and my black thumb because <laughs> they have gorgeous flowers and my dad like takes care of them meticulously. And we tried to do that for a while and then we were so bad at it. And then my husband just filled, filled our flower beds with rocks <laughs> and we have a couple trees that come back and that's about it so I do like the way they look and I have to say being here and at home so much I've done and like taking walks around my neighborhood I'm like we should plant flowers I should have an herb garden we'll see if that just stays in my brain or if we actually <laughs> Stay stay tuned. I agree, friends, that I'm much more aware of it right now. Normally, yeah. I just am blissfully unaware. And when I go to Jen's house, I'm like, oh, those are beautiful. And sometimes I walk by somebody's yard, and I'm like, oh, those look really nice. But there's not this, like, constant awareness of my own black thumb. <laughs> I like that. But, but these days, I have a lot more time and observation ability to notice. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, my, give me one, my favorite thing right now in spring is we have a screened in porch off the back of our house and we have been, I don't know, I guess being inside so much, like I just like crave fresh air. So we are out there. If it is, if it is doable to sit outside, we go on the porch and I mean, I've had like sweatpants and two jackets on and as long as I can sit out in the fresh air, I am fine. And I love that it's screened in because mm -hmm. I, if it's raining, I can still sit out there and I love to listen to the rain. So that has been a lifesaver for me and my mental health during these times because I just want to be outside and I want to smell the fresh air. And I think it's been really difficult not being able to see my family who lives really close and I'm really close to. So when I go out there, I can I call my mom or I just try to do things and try to get some normalcy. And mm -hmm. so it's really it's been a lifesaver. So that is making me happy. Yeah. Yeah. For us too, like that part, I, I have friends in other places and they're not able to go outside mm -hmm. at all. And I just keep thinking that I'm so thankful that we live in a rural area and I'm hoping that while I want to, us to do whatever we need to do in order to stop the spread of the virus, I hope that we'll be able to continue to go outside because for mm -hmm. sure, I just can't imagine. I really empathize with my friends who are not able to leave their homes at all. Mm -hmm. And especially the kids. I mean, I think like that, yeah. it's not only important for my mental health, Sarah, but, you know, I need my kids to be out there and doing their, you know, running around and playing and, and doing exercise and riding their bikes and all that stuff because it makes them happier, which makes me happier. So mm -hmm. it's both that I enjoy the fresh air for myself and also that 
I need it. You know, I need it for them too. (laughs) And yeah, for sure. It's been cold here. A lot of April. I mean, relative, we had a very mild winter and then it's been kind of a residual cold. Mm -hmm. And so that's been strange, but same, we just bundle up and, (laughs) you know, put on whatever we need to put on. We went out and played in the rain the other day, whatever it takes, you know? So I mean, it's been fun every time. So, yep. (laughs) I walked in the rain the other day. I mean, it wasn't pouring down, but it was a drizzle. And so, and I mean, I just am like, I need to move. Mm -hmm. I'm going to walk. And I did my normal walk and I came in and my son was like, are you sweating? And the whole front of me was wet, but nothing in the back. And I said, (laughs) if I'm sweating this profusely just on the front of my body, please (laughs) take me to the emergency room. I was like, no, it's raining. (laughs) yes desperate times (laughs) cover desperate Mm -hmm. measures so Mm -hmm. i'm walking in the rain okay well i think that will wrap up episode 125 all about fillers you can't put down we want to remind you to go to instagram at unabridged pod and talk with us discuss tell us some give us some recommendations for thrillers and also make sure you're checking out our website um, www.unabridgedpod.com. We are posting on our blog several times a week and we're doing some great compilations of things. We thank you for listening and we will talk to you next time. We hope you have enjoyed this encore presentation of our episode all about thrillers you can't put down. We hope that you will hit us up on social media at Unabridged Pod and let us know some of your favorite thrillers and beach reads. And once again, thank you for listening to Unabridged. Do you have comments or opinions about what you heard today? We'd love to hear them. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at UnabridgedPod or on the web at UnabridgedPod.com for a list of ways to support us. We'd like to thank Jared Featherstone, who composed our theme music, Strings of Light, and Katie Amy of Amy Photography, our podcast photographer. Thanks for listening to Unabridged. Unabridged.